Hello and welcome to another episode of Combos with Kamal. I'm your host, Kamal Karimi, of course, here with a returning guest, Chris Janik, and a new guest, Andy Roy. Thank you guys for so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so uh, y'all came on the show to talk a little bit about some movies. Um, we kind of, before we, we started the show and before we uh, wanted to record, we wanted to each want or pick a movie that we decided we'd talk about. Um, we got a weird variety in the movies, not going to lie. Uh, Andy, why don't you start off? What was your uh, what was your movie choice? Well, I mean, firstly, I just I, I wanted to kind of go something new. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind was all over the place because it's like, tell me to pick a movie. I'm like, oh, go. Oh, it's like, impossible. Where do I go? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, the new The Five Bloods just came out on yeah. Netflix. So I was like, oh, well, why not just do something that's uh, going to come out soon? Correct me if I'm wrong, out. but I think you picked it before it came out even. I, I did, yeah. 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 It was like the day before, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I, I actually didn't know it was coming out until he said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. And I saw the trailer, and I was like, I'm completely, completely yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee movie, yeah. um, or a Spike Lee joint, as they say. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in a, in a bit. Um, Andy, or sorry, Chris, what was your choice? Uh, I chose Donnie Darko. Yeah, uh, just a cult classic. Yeah, cult classic, and it's one of my uh, longtime favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I never really talk about it to, with anybody, so I thought it'd be a fun choice for sure. Yeah, I mean, like we said, water variety. Uh, my choice was Knives Out, which is, I mean, completely different than those two. I mean, I think one thing we could try to do at some point is try to find similarities between them, which might be difficult, but it might be a fun little exercise. I've already thought of one. I've oh, yeah? Okay, well, yeah, yeah. well oh. keep that loaded. Keep yeah, because the first thing Andy said when we got in this room was, these movies are all so different. And, yeah. and I was like, I guess, yeah, they are. But, like, at the same time, like, I was instantly, like, I caught on to a lot of similarities. Okay. Oh, well, we can that. talk about that in a, in a little bit. Um, we, how, how about we start with the, the oldest movie, um, which was Donnie Darko. Um, I think we all watched these movies a, a, a little bit a while ago because we were planning this show a few weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, we had to push it forward due to a bunch of different circumstances. But um, Donnie Darko, I mean, this is a movie I remember watching when I was really young, like with my brothers for the first time. And I was freaked out. I had no idea what was going on. I was terrified of Frank. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. Frank, like all I remember as a kid watching that movie was my fear for Frank. Like, I think it's just, I think it's, I mean, even the outfit they use for, for him is mm-hmm. like, that's so terrifying. And oh, I know yeah. when I was a kid, I saw it too. I, I don't really think I understood what the, the story was about. I just knew that I was scared by it. Definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I can totally. Agree. I couldn't follow the story. Though. Yeah. Right. Like, so so the, the reason I chose Donnie Darko was, I feel like the first time I watched it, I thought I understood it. I was right. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I watched it with somebody else and I, and they were like, I don't get it. And then I tried to explain it. And as I tried to explain it, I realized <laughs> I, didn't I didn't get it at all. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this happens. I think that of- same thing happened to me. I was watching it with my buddies and we were younger and I was trying to explain what happening. And I was like, and they're like, what did this happen then? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I was like explaining and they're like, I, I said something. I was like, oh, this happens for this reason. And they're like, that doesn't make sense because this. And yeah. then I like was I went back and I was like, oh wait, you're right. And then it totally unraveled my whole understanding of the movie. And so then I was like, oh shit, I don't yeah. oh, I don't get this at all. And then yeah, and, and the reason that I picked this movie and the reason that I like it so much is I feel that every time I watch it, I understand it a little bit more, it's but fair. never completely. Yeah. 
So. I mean, yeah, there's still, I mean, there, there's this, I remember when I was younger and I was very curious about what it all meant. Like, might have been the second or third time I watched it at that point. I might have been a teenager. But I looked up the website, like a website that Hosh and my older brother told me about. And it was literally just this website that explains what happens and explains like the whole tangent universe and par- and like present universe and all this stuff that's going on. And I read that and I was still so confused. Like I'd watched the movie, I'd re- I read it and I was still like, I still don't understand what they're trying yeah. to get across here. You know, it was that confusing. I really like that idea though. That like mm-hmm. that idea is newer to me for sure. Oh yeah. Like I didn't understand that before, but now I'm like, okay, so if it's just like, alternate universe but only to a certain amount of time and then there's just like is there a loop or is it like there's a a a hole like there's so many theories i want to know what you guys think like i want to know well i i think that it's that's what it is right it's a tangent universe that's leading up to this this weird thing where like if it if it gets to the end of the tangent universe the black hole (laughs) it's so hard to explain and even then you like miss important points along yeah. the way well did you guys watch the director's cut that's what i was just gonna yeah. say it's different it's there's, way there's, different so and it, it explains a lot more yeah. yeah so there's there's a version where they show pages from the book right. that explain the whole movie basically pretty much it's they like roberta the, sparrow's book they yeah, yeah. They explain the theory behind what's going on exactly yeah. um and even in that version the pages go by so quickly there's no way you could like no you have to pause it unless you have to pause it exactly and if you're watching but again as i was reading that i realized i think most of the page most of the stuff that was written there was what i was reading on that website i was talking about Mm -hmm. so i I clearly they had seen the director's cut ahead of people right and that and i put that online yeah that that, that thing with the director's cut I, i i was reading that it like you know a lot of people said it was like no he's definitely just he's mentally ill or he's like, he has a right. mental illness. It's all an imagination. Right. right. But then in the, in, because you know, they had just cause by watching the movie, but then when the director's cut happened, mm-hmm. it, the, the therapist uh, or psychiatrist, psychiatrist says, yeah. Oh, you know, those are placebos. Right. So like, yeah, that was, a, so was such a key scene. And I remember see, hearing that and I was like, that was not the first time I, re- I watched that. I've never seen that exactly. scene right. before. Yeah. And I was like, that is huge. Yeah. Because like, I, I I remember I Googled, I literally Googled afterwards, Donnie Darko placebo pills just to find out more about it because I was so interested. I was like, wait, so if those are placebos, then what's the therapist's role in all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is she one of the manipulated living? Like they say, like, does she also know? Like, I, I love that concept of the manipulated living, how they like, they're helping him on this quest, right. even though they don't know it. Like, I, I remember, what's that character? Charita. Right, Charita's like that exact, that perfect embodiment of that, where she's literally just like, she knows something's up. Yeah, you know, she's constantly looking at Donnie, and then when she like, when Donnie Darko goes up to her and like, I can't remember what he says, like you're gonna be okay or something, yeah, yeah. and she like freaks out. You can tell it's just like, what is going on in their minds, right. in the manipulated living's minds. Yeah, and then afterwards, after the tangent universe unfolds and ends up back in the present, and Donnie, spoiler alert, ends up getting um, smushed. You know, it's it's one of those things where you're like, they still remember that. And you see that when Gretchen and the mom, like, wave at each other. But it's like, it's... it's and like, then, like, and then Frank is there touching his eye. Yeah. And, it's, like, it's they like they go through the whole montage and you're like, how does this make any sense? <laughs> they don't necessarily remember it, but, like, they have, yeah. like, a feeling. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and it shows that they're like. Well, what was the word? The the way they worded it. It's like a profound remorse right. or something like that. Right. It's yeah. very strange. Like deja vu. Yeah. Kind well, of. yeah, yeah. I guess maybe we can try and like kind of try and unravel the movie. So like, basically, my understanding is, b- b- pretty much the entire movie takes place in the tangent universe. I, not the entire movie. Almost. I think like up from until the, the point where. Donnie falls asleep on the first night, or maybe right before that. I think that's when the Tangent Universe starts. Right when he sleeps so. with the girl, I think. When, right or does the Tangent Universe start when the... Well, it has to start because Frank is in, right? Frank gets him out of the room, so it has to start before that. No, not necessarily because Frank gets him out in Tangent Universe. No, but what I mean is, like, the Tangent Universe... Frank already exists at the beginning of the movie. No, it, was right. Like right, no, it wasn't right at the beginning. It was like like a little bit in, wasn't it? After he like like he gets home, and then oh, this is the problem with doing this like a few weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the the plot points, the synopsis is the part we're missing out on. Well, have but, you heard the like the the Jesus like thing with it? Like the the, he's the, the God, sa- he's the savior. Yeah, right. The, there's the whole like religious side. Yeah, and I feel like that works just as as well as the whole tangent, tangent universe. universe. If you look at it, like, I mean, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily explain like. The whole like going back at the end, you know, like when he when well, he, he could be sends reborn, it in. Right? Oh, I guess, yeah. I mean, it, it just seems it just seems odd that like it goes back into time to the point where like right where right. that starts up, right? You know, like that's that's the, that's what I realized. Yeah, is like that must be when the Tangent Universe was starting. If it goes back to that point when it unravels, right, right. So technically, it would be like. I mean, it, it, it. What was the point when Donnie gets? So maybe when when he hears that, wake up. Yeah, that's like when that must it be starts, it. and that's Frank pulling him. Up and I him. thought, and see, initially I thought it must have been when he took the pills. I yeah. thought the pills had something to do with it. But then hearing the director's cut, hearing yeah. the placebos, yeah, I was like, oh, that has nothing to do with it. Right. So it can't it can't be the mental side of things. Right. It has to be something to do with the whole. I, I like the God theory though as well because there's so many references to like to God and like angels and things like that and, mm-hmm. and like people like that's kind of the manipulated living thing as well right yeah He's, like kind of having the angels guiding him on the way sure he like an angel exactly that's too. the people they think like yeah I actually haven't read that theory but that's, that's yeah. super well I thought you guys might know because I, I just read something little about it but I didn't actually know I, I didn't no know. like I, I just remember I read that tangent universe theory when I was younger and I was like that makes the most sense to me. Like, so, that yeah. seems what the director was trying to get across. Right. Well, and, and Roberta Sparrow, like, is yeah. such a key character. Oh, so, I got chills with Roberta Sparrow, yeah. you know? Like, creepy, man. Yeah. Like, after seeing the movie, like, ten times, that's a good movie. You yeah. know? Like, when you when you hear, like, when you see Donnie, like, pick up the book and be like, Roberta Sparrow? And, like, freak out about it. You're like, that, like, gave me chills still. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, one of my favorite lines in any movies is when Donnie's friend is like, so, someone ought to write that. <laughs> like, it's so perfect. Like, and and it kind of like some of the dialogue in that movie is hilarious. Like oh. that. Like, do you want to go with me? Is like something I've never heard in my life. Yeah. And do you want to go with me? And it's like it's what we say here. Like, is it? <laughs> I think it, I think that's a legit thing. I think. Yeah, like, it must be places yeah. in America where they. And the way he and the way he said it, like with the therapist, and she like knew right away. I was like, okay, right, it's gotta be. Yeah, yeah. The therapist to me was like a very interesting character because like. I, I was so curious about what her role was. Like, I understand the manipulated living role, but 
with the placebos and like the way that like she called her the parents like before donnie was gonna die like saying like rose like there's something we need to talk about or something's really important was that more so about what donnie told her in the last meeting or like i, I was very confused by that wait whole sorry which part? so so there's the part where when all when the party's happening yeah. and the um the mom is in la with the daughter right. yeah a younger daughter yeah. um and they're doing like the dance competition and the therapist is trying to get a hold of donnie's mom mm-hmm. and she like tells her calls her and like leaves a message saying like we need to talk about donnie there's something like super important that you guys need to know about right i was like is that to do with what he told her in the last therapy session which was the stuff about flooding the school burning the house right or did she know what was going to happen with him getting killed? You know what I mean? Like him eventually going back into the present universe and getting killed. Yeah. It was, it was just this weird thing, you know? Like, I think, I think, I think well, it's a former. Yeah. Well, I think that because she was giving him placebos, she realized that like his hallucinations might not be hallucinations. Exactly. In a sense. You yeah. Know, like where, because there was this weird, like, snap in her. Like, mm-hmm. weird, like, turn in attitude in her mentality mm-hmm. after that meeting. Where he, like, where, and it was, like, kind of, I love the way they did it. Because they kind of showed him, like, under hypnosis. But then also controlling his own hypnosis. Right. Which is, like, shows that mentality yeah. is, like, strong and Donnie. And, like, he, like, literally, at that point, he was leading the session. And I think at that point, she realized that there was something stronger going on. But yeah. it was, like... But then, and then again, going back to the end when all, everything unravels and it shows like the montage of the people, it shows her and she's like super sad. She like wakes up like kind of abruptly mm-hmm. as if something happened, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I, that was something on rewatch that I was really curious about. Yeah, that would have to watch that again and think yeah. about it. One thing I wanted to mention also about that movie was that I didn't realize is the, the soundtrack. Oh, it's right? really incredible. It's so good. Everything about that movie is almost underrated, but yeah. not really. You know what I mean? Like Jake Gyllenhaal's yeah. performance. It's kind of like the cult classic thing where like, uh, it's weird that like some people have an appreciation for it and some people just don't get it, I guess. Yeah. Or don't, don't even care for watching it because they don't get it or yeah. don't care. Or don't want to try to get right, it. Right. Exactly. And well, it really kind of pushes like the boundaries of like film, in my opinion. Yeah. Because like, I think about, I think about other like cult classics and like one that comes to mind is like Rocky Horror. Right. And like that one is very obvious why it's a cult classic. It's like, it's fun. It's interactive theater in a sense. Um, Mm. And I can also understand why people don't like it. For sure. Uh, And then when I think about Donnie Darko, it's like, okay, I understand like why it's a cult classic because there's these really complex, like, like what I mentioned earlier. It's like every time you watch it, you feel like you get it. A little more, you get like an yeah. extra piece of that I puzzle. feel like the theory side of things is a big part of the cult. Part of yeah, cult yeah, yeah. But then, like, I understand also why people don't like it because, like, it is very confusing, and to very yeah. many people, it just mm-hmm. seems like it's like nonsense yeah. or pointless because, like, it really just comes right back to the beginning and just cuts it. Right. It's so kind of it's, like, it's kind of like that dream ending, but right. when you really break it down, it's a lot more elaborate, right? Yeah. Like Donnie led himself back into that position. Yeah. I love that scene where he's like just laughing on the bed. Hysterically. Yeah. It was just so weird to me as a kid. I was like, what, what's happening? Because I didn't understand what was going on, like, story-wise. But then... I want to hear what you think about that. Why do you think he was laughing? I think it was, like, like hysteria. Like, kind of just, like, he, he... For some reason, he knew everything that happened. Mm-hmm. And he was just, like, kind of remembering the happy moments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that thing where, like, they say, like, 
you your life flashes before your eyes when you know you're gonna die or like whatever. Right. Right? I that's exactly what I thought. And too. that's what I figured. Yeah. It's like his happy moments from that and from his past were just like flashing back in. Or he knew he was just gonna die and he was just like, Oh, okay. Crazy. Yeah. And he this just it. It, for it. me it was like him just being content with yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like I remember as he was like lying down and smiling, I thought of the Roberta Sparrow quote he said uh-huh. to him where it was like all living creatures on earth die alone. Right. And it was just like it seemed like he kind of took that in like a positive way of being like, I'm not me dying right now is not different than any other creature. Right. It's just another natural yeah. thing that's happening that keeps the earth going. Yeah. That was the way. And I'm it didn't, it was no longer this like scary thing. Exactly. It was just like. Yeah, but do you think he was And he was like, so scared during the therapist sessions of death, right? Yeah. That was yeah, one of the like, things he was yeah. like freaking out about. Yeah. But at the end, then he, he was okay with it. because, yeah. And that's why I think he, he ended that cycle almost. He almost sacrificed himself yeah. for the people. Absolutely. Right? Like if he would have got up or got out of that thing, then that yeah. loop would have continued, right? For that, well, no, I mean, no. In, that in his, moment but that's, that's the thing, right? That's, that's the contentious moment. And, and that's like the theory moment is right. what happens if Donnie gets up from the bed again and gets yeah. out of that room and doesn't die. Right. What what gets set into motion? Is that the moment that they're talking about the world ending where the black hole collapses in on itself That's and the tangent universe gets ripped into the parallel universe and they all right. and the whole existence gets shattered? See, I don't think so because um so I forget what the what term they use, but Donnie was like the, the chosen right. What what's the the um the living receiver. The the receiver. Right, so receiver. Donnie is the receiver, right? So um it Different only makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> It only makes sense to me that Roberta Sparrow was a receiver at some point. Yeah. And so... That was, she, again, now in that theory I read, that was the idea. Yeah. And so she had this basically the same experience as Donnie where she was put... She was a receiver in a tangent universe. Yeah. And she figured out a way to save, you know, so, to return the item. Right. So Donnie had to return the jet engine. Yeah. Um. So, so Roberta would have had to somehow return her item. And then she came back to the... The regular universe yeah but she lived in this like weird like she so but she's alive and that's my point right she she exactly didn't, she didn't kill herself right. to keep well maybe hers was going so dramatic so she right? was able to continue right? maybe but also maybe there's a reason why she survived in order to write the book so that people would be able to do the same thing but i think that's partially why donnie was laughing because like i think he like thinking about roberta it's like sort of like like what what is the point like he right. sees like that like her state right and right. she went from being like she was like a professor true and then like one and day she, she went just from like being a recluse yeah right and, and she went insane yeah right so maybe donnie knew that he was going to go insane exactly just like there's no point his yeah. life would just be obsessed and they're always talking about that in the tangent universe as well right there's that conversation with his dad where he's like i'm crazy and like even with his mom where he's like what's it like raising a maniac or something right, like right. That, right? and it's just like very emotional scenes, if I'm being honest, but also like kind of speaks to that, I think. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on Roberta Sparrow, the the mailbox, and and her constantly going back and forth to the mailbox? Was maybe that, that's the thing. But what, what maybe that's the thing she had to return was a letter. But I, I think that was why is she was waiting for the letter from Donnie. Yeah. But how would she know? Right. Right. How does she know what's going to happen in the future? If if she just was a living receiver, right. that's all we, all her role used to be, and she wrote about the, the everything. So this is this gets really complicated. The philosophy of time travel. It's, it's possible. So essentially, Donnie goes 
he doesn't time travel, but he goes back to the original to the universe, right? Back to the <laughs> he goes back to the, the let's say there's like a I forget what they call it, but there's like the base universe, right? And then there's like tangent yeah, universe, like the present that. universe. Yeah, so I wonder if like Donnie's primary tangent, e- yeah, primary universe. Yes, yeah, yeah, so there's That's a primary universe. primary universe, and so the the majority of the movie where where you know you see Roberta going to her mailbox, right? That's in the tangent universe. I wonder if that was like a tangent to her universe. Well, is a teacher too? Like, right? Like, and that's what I'm saying. All these relationships are all these tangent of tan like of the primaries. You know, the I, teachers I, I, are very interesting. Well, the, the teacher, teachers' roles are very. Well, interesting. there's a part where the science teacher and um, and the English teacher, uh, who's played by Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> there's a part where they're just sitting in like the staff lounge and they're just like. Donnie Darko. Yeah. And they like yeah. look at each other and they like laugh and like shake yeah. their head. Because they're like, it's like they know that he that's is like a receiver. That's like a receiver thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, or that's a living, manipulated living. Right. But also, they're like very casual about it. As if they're like, as if they know what's going to happen. Right. It, it's, it's so strange. Well, why but, would he have the book? Why would the professor Exactly. Why, give why did the professor the give him the book? Yeah. Why did he... But again, I think that was part of it, right? When, that when Donnie, no, but Donnie that was part of the manipulated living, right? Right? It's like when Donnie said something, I can't remember what he said, but he said something specifically, and then the professor just kind of looks at him. Well, and he then asks like, him about time travel. He, well, he, but they're having the conversation, and then right. Donnie says something specifically. I can't remember what it is. Maybe about like the thorax part, about right. the thing coming out of the, the thorax. Abyss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would freak me out as a kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, maybe it was about that, but I can't remember what it is. The teacher just like, something you can see like, always when the manipulated living are like kind of clicking into motion and they're doing something that they they don't necessarily want to do but they know they have to do right and like that was one of the moments where he's like he like hears something that donnie says and then he's just like i think you need to read this book or like gives him the book and then it says roberta sparrow and he like freaks out right right so it's just like it's all like in play all in motion and everybody's actions lead to something that something that needs to happen like, well, whether it's the Jim Cunningham thing or yeah. like, I love that side of it. Like, I know. <laughs> it was so funny yeah. to me. The part when Donnie, like, the parts when Donnie would like get up and just like chew out the out the older people yeah. was like so reminiscent of like me in high school. And I was like, wow, I was a jerk. Yeah. Well, like, what was it? The, the like uh, love or fear scale? Yes. And he's yeah. like, it's not that simple. Yeah. It's not just two things. You have to get, there's more than just two things at play. Or when he calls Patrick Swayze the Antichrist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. But also, like, uh, that's, that's another thing I want to talk about is the the telekinetic side, mm-hmm. right? There's that theory that he's like he's got. They gave him the living receiver has telekinetic powers. Is yeah. what they so, said. Well, that's how he pulled the jet engine right? with yeah. water into a water portal. Apparently, yeah. is that that's what they say? At, at least that's what. The well, he uses telekinesis saying. to rip off the the engine and send it through the portal because the, uh, the but like, the portal has to be made of water, right? Yeah, the, well, the, the yeah. portal was there in the sky. But then like also, the when he lights forming. when he lights Jim Cunningham's house on fire, he just uses gas. Yeah, he does, it doesn't show a match or anything. It doesn't, it, it, but you could also, it, very theoretically, he could have just pulled a match and thrown right. in. And he flooded the school, and they did show him. With that the was axe. like the power thing. Uh, that was like supposed to be like uh, like super strength was yeah, another yeah, thing. Exactly. That he gets. Yeah, yeah. Well, so no, the the, the axe in, axe in, the, axe in the, the bronze sculpture. Yes. That was the like, yeah. strength. Yeah. Um, so like he might not have like I, I think they did show him like hitting a pipe with the axe or mm-hmm. something, but like like you don't 
you don't need to do I don't that. think you need to be that strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to also, get to break that. Yeah, you could just like use like a wrench or something. But like, <laughs> like <laughs> But it did show that he had some sort Imagine of like, if Frank told him to get a wrench out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it showed that he had Keep some going. Like, Lefty Lucy, some potential, some potential for like controlling water, right? Like he floods the school, he burns down Jim Cunningham's home yeah. and then he like puts the, the axe in the sculpture. So yeah. It's yeah. it's cool because like the first time I watched it, I didn't think of it as like a superhero movie. But right. like in in this he story, he it's is a true. superhero. Yeah. Yeah. He has well, to Well, he actually, I think he mentions that at some point where it, to Gretchen or something. She mentions it. She's like, yeah. Donnie Dargo, what are you, some kind of superhero? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I might be or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. What if I am or something. Yeah. I love that. I love the dialogue. Like it, it, it seems very authentic, but at the same time, it's got that kind of like movie cliche mm-hmm. aspect to it where you're like, you kind of expect what they're going to say. Right. But at the same time, they hit you with like weird other, other dialogue to throw in there. Like some of the, some of the stuff that Donnie's friends are saying, you're like, oh my goodness, oh, so cringy. You're like, yeah. oh man, like this is not cool. It's so funny though because it's like we've all been Definitely. in those conversations. Definitely, yeah. we've been in those yeah. like positions where like somebody you know is saying something so outrageous but you're kind of like maybe you think they're like the cool kid in junior high or something yeah. and you just like you're just well, like sitting there like not when you're anything. younger like speaking out against that kind of thing is like kind of taboo right you know like you're yeah. kind of looked at as like a nerd or yeah. stuff yeah. like that right yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's a weird thing about perception yeah. with the characters and like but i love like when they're they're like having that like conspiracy talk about the smurfs yes like, like i love getting, <laughs> and Donnie yeah. just gets so into yeah. it but like I, I really relate with him in that that case because like i i love getting into the weeds with really yeah stupid things no but that's what i mean about the dialogue like being very authentic very but also kind of cliche right because right like those conversations happen in movies but yeah. they don't happen like that right right they don't happen where like it very realistically like somebody jumps into the conversation i was gonna say one of our friends yeah somebody jumps into the conversation and just like immediately throws down like all the facts they can and yeah. then you can't get a word and you're just like okay like what's the point in arguing anymore yeah. the, i think the the family scene was like the most authentic scene i've ever seen where him and yes. his sister oh, yeah. are bickering and it's great that because was, they're actually brother i and know sister. that was the weirdest thing when i rewatched because yeah. when i was younger i didn't know much about actors or anything but when i was rewatching this this movie for the first time in like 10 years probably mm-hmm. i was like oh my god they're actually brother and sister <laughs> that's so cool yeah and it really like you could feel that when you're watching it for sure you're like the the interaction between them two like bickering yeah the way they swear each other yeah it's like it's yeah the insults that they use yeah. are so perfect because those are the I kind wish of you could things them. i know yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> those are the kind of things that you like say to your brother or sister like you're not you're so like upset or yeah. you don't know what you just saying. like you just say yeah. something but like in movies it's always so polished and exactly. like it's always like yeah, and so I love that because it really just felt like a genuine. I also, I also love the dad character. Oh, he's so <laughs> he's hilarious, so clueless. Yeah, yeah, but he's also just like it's hilarious to me, like, like the when Donnie goes off on the teacher, and and she's like super upset and like the, in the class, and he's like just losing it laughing. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. Can we say? That? I mean, you did. So. You just did. <laughs> but I, I want to quote a part, and if I can't say it, then... Well, I'll just, be, I'll just cut it out. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I love the part where, like... Like, everybody who's seen the movie will know you're yeah, talking Yeah, I'll just about. say yeah. that. <laughs> uh, you don't have to say I love, I love, say the word. I love when his... He, like, calls his mom the B word, and then, like, his oh, mom, like, goes yeah. and lays in bed with the dad, and she's like, your son just called me the B word. And he's like, you're not a B word. 
<laughs> yeah, that is that's so lame, but it's so it, exactly. It's, it's such a like, funny. Dad, it's very, right? it's very realistically like what a dad would say. That's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, apparently, too, Jake Gyllenhaal was like new to acting at that point, right? And right. his sister was actually pretty like well versed in acting at this point. Okay, and he was taking a lot of advice from her, so maybe that's why he's. I could see that. I mean, he was so incredible. Good. Yeah, he was incredible, and and she was. I mean, all the actors, that's something that's kind of underrated about the movie is, I mean, very good acting, in it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, if you had that movie with some worse actors, it would not come off the same way. Not at all. It would not right. have the same dramatic appeal no. and impact that would, that, I don't think, like, that that movie almost made me cry, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, there were so many times. I mean, where, any movie makes me cry. Now. <laughs> There's so many times where you used to tell me about his, like, just his, like, mood swing, mm-hmm. like how he would stare at the mirror or something and... I really tried to watch for it this time, and yeah. I noticed it so much. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you do that? I was, yeah, yeah. I, was I was telling Andy the moment where like that that was such a good acting moment where he's staring there at Frank talking to them. Yeah, and then the sister comes in. Yeah, she's like, and who are you talking like, to? And he just like he clicks, like, just snaps out. Yeah, he's just he he goes from looking like completely deranged. Yeah. to like normal. Yeah, in like a split second. And what's I was talking about this with somebody. It's like I can't really put a finger on it. But he looks so insane when he's looking at the mirror. Yeah. And it's like so subtle. It's a smile. It's just man. like a weird it's a, like. That's what I know. It's like it's an a eyebrow. Smile. Like, he's got this, tears yeah. in his eyes. It's the smile. For sure. It's but like, it, oh. he's got this weird like super like kind of. I mean it's not a joker smile. But it's kind of got like this Crooked. weird like lines that go out way further than his mouth actually is. Yeah. You know it's this weird kind of like crease yeah. in his smile that goes like in a weird crooked way and you yeah. just like you just look sinister yeah and it's, it's just so brilliant because yeah. like it cap- it really captures like how he's really sort of like in between these two worlds Definitely. where it's like well you can see he captures the mentality side of it really well yeah right but that was one of the things i actually wanted to ask about before we go into another movie right um do you guys think he actually had mental problems or do you think no. that all of that was because of the tangent universe and what was going on because because uh, he was going into therapy before all this happened mm-hmm. right so do you think all of that was leading up to this point in inevitably or do you think that was just pushed him over i don't think he was i don't think he was like mentally unstable i think that all this stuff made him act the way that it made him act right. um, towards the end of the movie. right exactly i mean the fact that he was going to therapy i don't know if that really means anything Right? Yeah, but like I mean, at be the like, beginning of the movie, he wakes up in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, "Oh, are you sleepwalking right. again?" Right. So that was a very Fair. normal thing. Right. Right. Maybe he. Maybe he's going to therapy for that. Yeah. I don't think that is. Necessary. But you don't think it's connected to the tangent universe? Or no, I think it just got. Happened. I think it just okay. got worse. Or that's what I figured as well. But I thought maybe all of that was happening to him before because it was leading up to this point, right. getting him used to this point. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, well, or maybe that's why he became, like, the... The receiver. The receiver. Yeah. Because, like, he was, like, easily manipulated or something. Easily to manipulate. He was a good host. Yeah. But that but that was also one of the things. <laughs> that was also one of the things was, like, um, it said, like, the living receivers picked out random. Right. Right? So I think that kind of takes away from yeah, that yeah. side of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't... I think he was, like... <laughs> I don't think he was, like, mentally ill. I think maybe he was seeing his counselor because... Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, when you're when you're a kid, stuff's going on like that. Like he burnt down somebody's house apparently before all of that, right? Right. So, yeah. So I think that. um, Yeah, I feel like it. 
all the things that happens around Frank and because of Frank, yeah, all happen for like a very specific reason, right? Um, like even or, or everything that happened. So him burning down Jim Cunningham's home made it so that his mom had to go on the plane, right? Because originally the other girls mom was going to go on the flight yeah but she couldn't go because she had to protest like jim cunningham's arrest yeah which made it so that that donnie's mom had to get on the plane and everything just happened like for a reason and it sort of just like comes back to this idea of like fate and like all that stuff and yeah so i don't know what was the budget on that one because that was like it must be fairly high it should say i don't think so even back then well maybe for the like CG and stuff, but I would say it's under twenty. Take your best guesses. I'm gonna say twenty thousand million. Oh, I was like <laughs> twenty thousand. Oh, well, yeah. no see, see, in my mind, twenty million is a lot. Oh, okay. Well, it's not. It's not like but back not, then. That's yeah. not even a lot back then. Yeah, no, like you have to get into an average. Wait, are you I'd comparing it to like, like studio? Well, no, I'm just comparing it to like the just average movies. Like I just like when I look at a budget, I'm like, okay, if it's av- you're, you're comparing it to like average studio movies. Not even. Well, I mean, not even. Like, do you consider twenty million, dude? Come on. There's lots of movies that were made for way less. Yes, of course. But that's an <laughs> okay. So, what are you guys' right. guesses? Yeah, yeah. Would you consider this not this? What do you get? Any... What are you guys' guesses? This is according to Wikipedia as well. By the way, is I'm going to say about like, is this a just under fifteen. It, it has to be. It's for sure a studio. Okay. Like Drew Barrymore. Well, yeah, I actors. suppose. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say it has to be. But yeah, it, I'm not really, even going to bother guessing because, yeah. like, it's fourteen million. 14 million? Yeah, I would guess like uh, 5 million. 4.5 million. Oh, there you go. What and year was it again? And one of the first things that came up was how to make a cult movie into a multi million hit. Donnie Darko revived. Yeah. Forbes. It's like the Blair Witch. Right? Forbes.com. Dude, one I of the hope, best. I was hoping it'd be that low. One of the best memes, or one of the best like photos I've seen on the wow. internet is just an old woman wearing a shirt with giant letters that says Donnie Darko makes no effing sense. <laughs> I'm like, I need that shirt. Yeah. We'll get you that one yeah. day. Um, okay, maybe moving on to the, the next movie. Okay, so maybe I have a good transition. Okay. Because this is what I found a similarity to both Knives Out and to The Five Bloods was that the um, the dialogue felt very genuine. Like, they spent a lot of time creating dialogue that felt very much real. Um, and I, I, I suppose you could say that about most movies, but yeah. like, I think that these three movies really nailed it for sure. I would say certain parts, I would maybe argue to five bloods, not as much. Oh, I would say the same thing, but I, I there was, I think it was a little more canned, but I, I think that knives out and Donnie Darko considering like, I mean, Donnie Darko is such a weird topic. You can't really relate it to any other movie. Right. You can't, you can call it sci-fi, but really it's a lot deeper than that yeah yeah, yeah. So, but like for knives out if you compare it to other whodunit movies right completely different yeah but if you compare the five bloods to other military type movies i think there's similarities in the dialogue but i will agree it felt a lot more authentic according to the characters mm-hmm. yeah right the characters the, characters, the well. characters fit the dialogue a lot mm-hmm. better than i mean in all those movies mm-hmm. i think the characters crush the dialogue and again big acting right yeah. good acting helps with that yeah so Maybe going into the next movie, which is Knives Out, which is a big character movie, Yeah, actually. Um, and that was probably my favorite part about it, was how many different people they brought into that movie, but oh also the different They're ways that so they... Different. The way, different ways the characters bounced off of each other and also combined to create the storylines. It was... I mean, maybe we should talk a little bit about Rianne Johnson, because 
or Ryan Johnson, Rian Johnson. I think it's Rian. But anyways, a lot of lot of hate around him based on Star Wars Eight. Well, maybe I mean, I'll ask your guys' opinions on that. Can you let me and then know we quickly who Rian Johnson is? He, so he was he Luke directed Art. Star Wars Eight. Okay. So that was the one um, very controversial one where he's like super long and they're on the ship pretty much the entire time. Mary Poppins. Right. He did right, the right. new Mary Poppins, yeah. No, no, no. Oh. I mean, he, sorry, I meant the Mary Poppins scene. Mary Poppins scene. Oh, yeah, Mary Poppins scene. I swear they shortened it. I watched it again. And I'm, like, I'm sure they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he yeah. did Looper, though, and Looper was awesome. Looper was great. I think he just okay, went so sorry. Good he's he's he, a little inconsistent. He yeah. directed Knives Out? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Wrote it, too. Well, yeah. Sammy like, rewrote it, I should say, because right. I think it was a murder mystery book. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I he had a lot of hate around him after yeah. that after that Star Wars movie. But I mean, you make just, a Star Wars movie, yeah. it's difficult. That's yeah, just Star Wars yeah, fans. you're gonna get. Yeah. You, it's it's a, it's impossible to make Star Wars fans happy. I'm sorry. Or Batman too. Batman right? too. It's yeah, the same thing. I mean, yeah, even if Christopher Nolan comes out with another Batman movie, people will hate on it. As much as possible. I mean, yeah. people hate it on Dark Knight Rises too. But now we're kind of getting tangential here. <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about, which is Rian Johnson in Knives Out. I think he did an incredible job of just the story, right? Like writing that story and being able to do it in a different way than other whodunits. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Well, I'll start by saying when you t- recommended this movie, yeah, I watched like two seconds of the trailer and I was like, sweet, I'm excited. Mm. And I hate watching trailers because like, yeah. I don't know. They just, well, now just trailers are so long. They show you like it, show, it, it reveals yeah. so much. They show even, they show you like the pretty much yeah. the first, second, and third act, and then yeah. you're like what's the point? And then they always like spin it in a way where you feel like you know what you're gonna what what's gonna happen, but then you don't. Yeah. But because you know that, you know that that's not gonna happen, exactly. and it's just like and you start thinking of the other option. And yeah. Like, oh, it's so I bad. just yeah. So I watched like a few seconds of this trailer, and I was yeah. like, oh, this looks amazing. I didn't realize it was a comedy. Yeah. And then I started watching it. Well, that's and the thing about like, it. Wait it a they don't force the comedy. No. That's what I love about it, right? No. It's like very natural, like you said, with the dialogue. The comedy is there because the characters themselves are genuinely funny. Yeah. Like, like pretty much Daniel so Craig's character is literally All just... All of them, dude. Yeah, Don but... Johnson, I lost it on that. Like, I was going to say, sorry, but the yeah. cast, is there's too much cast. Like it's, it's insane, it, but it's it's too much in a good way. Like there's so I, much character in the cast, and they still combine it into an incredible yeah, format. It's the perfect murder mystery. It really it's, is. Like, it's I'm very difficult. Glad to be you able to... suggested this because yeah. I I hadn't watched it before, and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm blown away by it. The writing, like you said, is yeah. is unbelievable. I think I was. I mean, that's why I suggested it because I remember I watched it when it came out in theaters. I heard amazing things, and then I watched it again with my parents because they were watching. I think maybe when Hasha was in town too, but. We were, we were watching it again, and I was like, this is actually such an incredible movie. You yeah. know, like, just, like, it's so well-written. Like, I love, like we said, the characters. But it's just so different. You know, I mean, I'm going back into spoiler alerts here, but, like, the way that they presented the death before everything happened, yeah. right? But then also, they had all these other twists alongside with it. And I'm going to be completely honest. My dad, my, my, my dad predicted what happened. See, well, he's like, I was like, only a doctor would be able to predict what happened in that movie because he was like, you know, I had a feeling there was something up with those vials. And I was like, you would. Yeah. <laughs> See, but know, is that just something somebody like says? That. Like That could be. Yeah, that could he be just true. said that because he wanted to. Like, very yeah, true, yeah. too. Yeah. I, uh, knew, I knew all along. Yeah. But, but, the, the but if you're a doctor, though, you kind of like, I, I think you'd be able to catch that a lot quicker. Maybe. Yeah. I think you would. Yeah. Well, you'd feel it. You'd have that natural feel probably like, like they what, said. But, right? you know, like you would know a lot more about what happens as far as the medicines are concerned. See, but <laughs> I would think that, like, as a doctor, I think that 
like I feel like you'd have an understanding of how easy it is to to swap two medications. Fair, fair. You know, so like I, I feel, and I have no idea because I'm not a doctor. But like, that's what I would have expected. Like, yeah, your parents no. to be like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, I could see how those two drugs would get like swapped because and, and like they, they're and, they, and that's the thing. They like they weren't at any point like, oh, this is unrealistic. Right. right, like yeah, it, yeah. sometimes they watch a movie and they see something like as far as the medicine's concerned, yeah. and they're like, "That was just not real." Right. They did mention though, I think what was the one thing they mentioned about the morphine. Mm-hmm. They're like, "He would have been out." Yeah, like like he would he would have been probably like like out cold or like they they mentioned something about it. I can't remember exactly what they mentioned, but they were like that didn't need to go. They didn't need to go as insane as they did, right? Because they probably could have solved it a lot easier. Right. But anyways, like that's getting yeah, facetious yeah, 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 yeah. with it. More, more into the movie itself. Um, I loved the setting. You know, I think that was yeah, a part was... of it. Like that was always a part of a murder mystery movie. But it's also like the way that they set up the character, like the uh, Christopher Plummer's character to be like a murder mystery um, novelist. You know, like that was right. his job. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that. Okay. I know right. Like saying. that was his, yeah, that was his yeah. profession. So. As soon as that happened, you're like, whoa, this is going to be weird. Like, right. anything that happened is going to be very strange. Yeah. And then when <laughs> Chris Evans comes in, everybody <laughs> freaked out. Well, and the, the location made it possible to possibly get away with it. You True. know what I mean? Like, if that was just set in, like, New York or something, yeah, it'd be so hard for her to escape without being caught on camera or this or that or that. Yeah. So, like... Just by having it sort of in this like weird spooky mansion, super far away, in, like a like, secret room. And the fact like, that like he knows there's like the window she can yeah. go through in order to get back in, and also like knowing that the dogs won't bark at her and all those things, like he had all of this stuff in mind as soon as it happened exactly. because he was a murder novelist, mm-hmm. right? It's just like hilarious set up in that way. Um, maybe I'll ask, what was your guys' favorite character in that? Michael Shannon. <laughs> you always like Michael I'm Shannon. so Michael biased Shannon <laughs> because he's so good he's yeah, yeah. so good and he and dissolves I, into that character he's really good he dissolves into every character yeah. and I think that's why I love it so yeah. much it's like when I see him I'm like I recognize him and the second he starts talking I stop thinking about the fact that it's Michael Shannon right you know whereas like even Chris Evans the second I saw is that Superman <laughs> yeah uh, Cap he's Captain, Captain, Captain. Yeah. yeah Um, as soon as I saw him I was like Marvel like you know yeah, like yeah. and even it's, when he starts talking actually like, I wanted to talk to you guys about that because um I was watching I mean the five loads is an example too but I was watching Knives Out and I was like and I was watching another movie recently where another Marvel character I think it was um Robert Downey Jr. in a movie or something but do you guys think that's a problem for actors when they go into Marvel and have trouble adapting into other films and being seen as other characters because, you know, like, as soon as Chris Evans comes in there, you're thinking Cap, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe it becomes difficult for those characters to be able to show their acting skills in other ways. Or do you think it becomes an easier way for them to show off a different side of their acting? I think the the, the latter, because, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times, if you're watching a lot of film, if you're, like, an avid film watcher, mm-hmm. I feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't care, mm-hmm. right? If you're, right? If you're watching mainly, like, Hollywood. If you're going to for sure, if you're if you're a film gonna... if you're a film buff, right? You right. you 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 watch a lot of films, but I'm talking about for people that don't generally watch as many films. I don't think so. I do you think, think it's hard for people to disassociate, yeah. or do you think it's fine? Like people are. I think, I think it's, it's hard, hard, but but like you said, it's a good opportunity. So as soon as he walked in, I thought Captain America. Yeah. And then 
his character was so different, and I was like, so I was I was lost in his character True. as well, which is great. But I feel like quite often it's really hard for me to. But like, he did have I I felt like he had that Captain America sass. He did, but he was angry though. He was like. He was kind of like more like true. He was more sinister. Yeah, and I was like sort of somewhat convinced that he was the one that like you were. Oh yeah. Well, I thought that like there was some fishy going on because like well the he, whole thing he was about cut out and like you and know, the like, the whole argument yeah thing with the Nazi kid and the Nazi kid jacking off in the bathroom yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the best line of the whole yeah. episode. I remember we were in theaters and everybody's so tense and Daniel Craig drops that line and everybody was just like they didn't even know how to laugh they're just like like hard to contain yeah. themselves yeah. I think he was my favorite character is Daniel Craig Daniel Craig yeah I, like he was but like, again that's the type of person right that's james bond you're watching that movie and yeah. you kind of see it and you're like okay that's not james, james bond, bond. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not james bond right. this is something else. this is weird i don't know i don't like it i don't feel comfortable but yeah. i understand it and it's incredible yeah. yeah the woman that was the mom in hereditary oh, oh uh cletty yeah uh what's her name oh leah or something cletty oh my god wait which character She's uh, uh, she's the blonde. She's the kind of like Tony Tony oh, Tony Clay. Yes, Joni Joni. Oh, yes, Kate. it was great. Kate, well, I, so so, uh, little sidetrack. Hereditary is probably my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah, um, I've watched it like a so bunch good. of times. But like halfway through Knives Out, um, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she was like, "Oh, she's like that that woman's so good." And I was like, "Yeah, I've never seen her before." And she's like, "That's, that's <laughs> the mom from Hereditary," and I was like. <laughs> what and i was so lost in her character that i didn't think about it at all She's and then as soon as she said that i was like duh like the way, they introduce, they, look... the way they introduce her character is so funny oh. where she's just dancing around and everybody's just like get away <laughs> yeah yeah like see like her character was so different that yeah. it didn't even cross my mind her character was like one of the most like standout characters yeah probably, right because like she had this probably just most personality and most like Kind of outlandish personality, but well, again, it was still a re- side of realism to it. The yeah. older, the oldest sister too, J- Jamie Lee Curtis, and her, yeah. her husband Don Johnson yeah. or whatever. I don't know his character character names. Yeah, that relationship and just the whole dynamic yeah. too. Oh, he would have like sneezed bag. Like, yeah, that whole family was like just awful people. I I loved the the what's it called the lemon ink trick or like the invisible ink trick oh that was awesome yeah. that was so yeah. genius that was yeah. such a nice little touch at the end there that i was like i was very curious about it. i was like oh he did play him but then mm. at the same time you're like oh he did he did break the secret i love that like those are the little things that i got i do love in movies when they do wrap those points up yeah i i don't like when movies leave those kind of loose end in kind of leave them open for interpretation i'm like right it's I like, mean, it's I mean, okay to leave a few, but not like Donnie Darko's different, right? right? Like that's the type of movie where like everything's pretty much open for interpretation, right? But this is the type of movie where like it follows a very strict storyline when you really break it down, and it doesn't really make sense to like leave things loose, right? You know, like you kind of know what's going to happen with each character, yeah. Even not even the type of story, even I mean, I can't remember her, the, the actress's name, but the one who uh, plays the the maid. Or like the nanny or the the nurse, the one that gets the inheritance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like she was incredible. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I don't think she bitted much else, but she was miraculous. Yeah, yeah. Like one of, one of the best acting performances I've seen in a long time, and I was just like, like the way that they ended up with her like staring at the picture and then going out on the porch with the 
even with the mug that said like my house my rules or yeah. whatever yeah yeah it's just like everything about it right you're just like this is how you end the movie it was yeah. a great way to like close out that type of film it can, one part that bothered me so correct me if i'm wrong she escapes uh she like leaves the house yeah. what this is after after the accidental after, yes drug um injection so she she escapes and then does she go home no, she hides the car. Yeah. Yeah. And then she tries to come back. Yeah. Because then she has to come back through the front door. Right. Or something. And But then she leaves. No, no, no. So what, what happens is she she goes, she leaves yeah. the, the house. Yeah. Or the first time she goes down and she like makes note of the time and then she leaves and leaves the thing. There. Right. Then she goes back up into the room and dresses in his clothes mm-hmm. and goes down the stairs and then... Michael Shannon's character yeah. character says, go up. go up to go up to bed because right. he knows, like, again, this is some of the stuff that the grandpa was saying. Yeah. Right. So like all of that is like in the plan. And then after that, I think she goes home. She goes home. Okay. So this is what bothers me. Do you remember when the detective is like searching outside and they're like, oh, there's mud here. We need to check for tracks. Yes. Yeah. And so she like purposely walks through yes. to like cover her footprints. Yeah. But the thing that gave it away was like the little blood splatter on her white shoe. Yeah. yeah. But her white shoes were not muddy at all. You know what I mean? I guess sort of, yeah. sort of well, like you No, but but that was bef- that was way after. That was way after the point that where Daniel Craig's character first met her. Right? So Daniel Craig's yeah. character first met her and then she pukes. Right? Yeah. She pukes because yeah, yeah. she can't lie. But that was the point where he saw the blood on her shoe. But either way, she would have ha- ha- had already escaped from the house. And but so I would have he had muddy shoes. Too, afterwards. He huh. pointed it out afterwards. Like, he was like, at the end. look. Yeah, at but the she end. might have cleaned the dirt off. But if she cleaned the dirt off, the blood would have come off, too. <laughs> no. Like, the blood was so, like, clean. It was such a clean white shoe at the end. No, with, like, I, a I know splatter what you mean. I know what you mean, yeah. And it sort of just, like, like it was so... That doesn't, but also, that doesn't bother but also me. maybe she changed shoes. Well, it's okay. That doesn't... Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could that could, I that mean, could solve it. But there's a lot of things you me, could say. Like, yeah. Okay, but yeah. I guess, like, for me, when I'm watching these sort of movies where she's like, oh, sh- like, I accidentally killed this person. I need to, like, get away with it. Yeah. My mind is going, like, when you get home, burn all your clothing. Like, destroy yeah. any possible <laughs> evidence of, like, you, you know, like, anything. Right. So, anyways, like, I loved, I loved that he caught that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I love that that was the little clue that, that made him figure it all out. Like, I thought that was just, like, fun. But, like, at the same time, I was sort of like, man, like, no ways. Like, I don't know. Like, But I think, like, that was the thing. He didn't know what her, his, her involvement was. Yeah. At that point, he just knew that she was involved. Yeah. And then from there, he was, like, trying to pry open, trying to figure out everything that was going right. on. Because clearly there was a lot more going on in that family. Yeah. But I also one thing I wanted to mention is the way that like they kind of close everything out. The way that Daniel Craig's character like goes in and just chews out the family. He's like, You've all been lying, terrible human beings, like you're, yeah. you're all awful people. Yeah. I, I was just like, this is exactly what you need. <laughs> well, it's kinda it kind of fits I was gonna say if you're gonna compare the two, it kind of fits how um the five bloods and knives out. It's it's they're both kind of like social inequalities in a sense if you right. look at like the the maid and and you know how like they, the whole family says that they love her yeah they don't none of the family knows where she's from yeah and and 
<laughs> they try to get her involved in the immigration conversation. Yeah, it's so crazy. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right, and you see all these things, and at the end, they're like trying to like basically pressure her into like giving them money. Yeah, and like at the end, she has the coffee cup, and she's yeah. like, you know, yeah. yeah. I I love that idea. Of, like, but but like the whole like side of like them trying to use the immigration as blackmail. Right, right. right. Like this is like a whole. That's a thing. thing. This is a whole thing that like yeah, this is something that would happen in real life. They would use anything legally they could yeah. to be able to get that money back yeah. because they're just terrible people. Right. And that's why I love Daniel Craig chewing them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny though, because like even if they did do that, she could just like sell the house, take all the like money and move back to wherever they were from. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Yeah. I'm sure that she would want them to stay in America, but if it was a choice between like, but that was, like millions of dollars and like well, moving back to But that was too, right? that yeah, was exactly. like the whole thing, right? Like when Michael Shannon's character goes and confronts her in the hallway and outside of her place and he's like, you know, like well like we have we'll have the resources to help you out and everything. She's like, Oh yeah. You'll have the resources? Okay, good. Because that means I have all the money, yeah. so I'll have the resources. Yeah, that means I already have all the resources. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's that's realistic. Yeah. You know, you, it's you, brilliant. you might have like somebody coming up and you know, everybody in the audience is thinking, oh, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? And then he says something and it flips everything. It, it's yeah. realistic yeah. dialogue. It was this brilliant moment of like Michael Shannon trying to flex power. Yeah. And yeah. then her being like, no, no, no. Exactly. You're not the one with power in this situation. And I just like love that. Yeah. Was, yeah. And I also, I just, there's so many aspects to the movie that I love. Like, there's so many subtle things in there. Like, the fact that she's eating the beans and toast. Yeah. <laughs> and, like he, and then Chris Evans just calls her out and asks for a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you just ate a full plate of beans. And I know you can't lie without puking. Oh, it's yeah. genius, yeah. you know? Then yeah. the, I mean, uh... real big spoiler coming up. But, like, at the end when he takes the knife and tries to stab her and you think it's done. You think she's dead. Yeah. Right. And he just pulls it up. <laughs> and you're like, come on. Yeah. Of all the knives on that entire thing. Yeah. Well, they mentioned it one. one time, which is so I didn't, good. I, I it's didn't so good. They Wait, they mention it? Yeah, they, well, they mentioned it because he says something about, oh, you never know which ones are real or fake. And I was right. like, somebody's yeah. going to get stabbed with a fake one. And then <laughs> I didn't never, catch that. Was, like, I did hear oh. it the second time, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. what they meant. I love yeah. when they do that. That's like perfect writing. When you For suddenly sure. just throw something in there, and if you're going to use it, you yeah. better or write it in there, you better use it. And they did. Right. And that's like, well, see, I don't like when you're like, oh, this is what's going to happen. You know, like yeah. when you figure it out. Right. But obviously that didn't happen. Right. I, I, it was I probably think, so subtle. That I can't I think anybody figures. really knew what happened. Like, nobody could have been, like... Like, as soon like as that movie started... Yeah. No. Like, nobody could have, no. like, watched... Or even when Chris Evans' character came in, nobody yeah. could have been, like, oh, he switched the vials and... Yeah. You know, like, yeah. nobody could have thought... Yeah, even if you knew that, you wouldn't know how the de- detective could possibly fu- figure that out. True. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if you know how the murder went down, there's no way you know how the person's going to get caught. I, so I will, I will say, I kind of had a feeling that he killed himself... You know, I didn't. I, I I thought he was gonna die, but I was like, you know, he killed himself. He slit his own throat, whatever. But you know, I I had this feeling like that set that all seemed so quick. It all seemed to happen so quickly that you're like, something seems off about this. You know, just everything seems a little bit too abrupt. I mean, he could have like, just wrote a suicide note right there. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, but like literally, she walks out of the room and she walks back in like moments later, and he's sitting there with a knife, and you're like, okay, this is literally about to happen. But it's also just like that's probably realistic, right? Yeah. Like he, in his mind, he yeah. was gonna die, and this was the thing that he was gonna do to save 
right. her from her getting the inheritance. Yeah. That was the most important thing in my mind was like he wanted to do all of this because she he knew she was getting the inheritance. Yeah. She didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Right. She That's didn't fair. know that until the inheritance was read out, which was an incredible scene. That was shot so yeah. well. Yeah. The panic in that scene was shot. Where she's where it's literally swinging her around and she's yep. like moving towards the car and she's like I don't know I don't know and everybody's trying to like talk to yeah. her and like Jody comes up and she's like super nice she's like it's okay sweetie it's okay yeah. and you're like this is so realistic yeah, yeah. you're gonna have people like try like upset people try to get on her good side yeah. people just try to fit like calm her down yeah. everything happening is like so realistic and Chris Evans just in the background laughing because yeah. he knew all this was happening yeah well it's see so good this is what I liked is that. All the characters were so over the top in yeah. a way, but they all acted like perfectly in their like vision bubble or whatever. Like they, well, whatever your they, character type when they need to get like hyper emotional, they stayed within their character. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like they didn't get hyper emotional to like a very cliche level. Mm-hmm. They got to that point where like their emotion was showing through their character. Yeah. And that's like a very hard thing to do. And I think that's where the dialogue comes in. I love when like the granddaughter, I think, like called her. And yeah. he was having like a heart to heart with her. Yeah. And then like slipped in at the end. Yeah. Like you should really like give the money back or whatever. It was just like. And it pans it out. always came back yeah. to like. Pans out to our whole family sitting there. And yeah. Like, incredible. Yeah. yeah they're all that was a good shot. That was yeah. well done. Yeah. Actually. Because you didn't expect it. No. Right. Yeah. You weren't you expecting it. You thought it was this like. like as, but then moment. as soon as she said it. As soon as she was no, flipping but, the story. I was like uh oh. And then. Yeah. And then it started. It like, made a lot totally more sense. But again, that bred yeah. into her character more, yeah. right? I was like, oh, her character, like, she's a lot more sleazy than I thought. Yeah. And then it's panned out, yeah. and it shows everybody else, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, no, not. she's getting <laughs> coerced into this. Yeah. I, love, um, I love films that just when you think you figured it out, you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think this and is nice perfect. Yeah. And it's hard. With a whodunit, you're sitting there thinking the entire time, who did it? Yeah. Right? But... With this, you literally weren't. No. You weren't waiting to find out who did it. You were just trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. Like, everything that happened. Like, like, as far as as far as the family getting cut out of the yeah. will. You're, you're watching, a like, a like a live version of the board game Clue. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was as I was watching it, I I thought about other whodunits that I've seen, and I thought about the Clue movie. And it's actually a really good movie. I haven't seen I've it. Seen I, it. I, you've never seen the Clue movie? No, I'll check it out. It's actually I really enjoyed it, especially because Tim Curry's in it and he's oh. he's he plays the butler and he's yes. incredible. Sweet. It's Tim Curry at his height, oh. like he's bouncing around like crazy. It's like Tim Curry top level comedy, yeah. But also it's that kind of thing where they have all the characters from Clue, but the the actors they got to play those characters did a, such a good job of playing them and also staying within that. The dialogue's a lot more cliche and cheesy because it's like an eighties or nineties film, mm-hmm. but it still kind of has that side of things where you're like, you don't really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything else because I want you guys definitely watch yeah, it. But uh, it, 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 you can definitely tell, like, I get, at least basing my opinion of Knives Out on Clue, it kind of had, you can see they took elements from that. Right. right? And you took elements from Who Done It, but you also took elements from other types of films. And I think that was what made it incredible. Would, would you consider Shutter Island a murder mystery? That's more like a psychological thriller. I I that's kind of like Donnie Darko. Yeah, true. Like, it's more like, on that side of things. It's like hard to label it as anything, but it's like more, yeah. I think it's more like a psychological yeah. thriller yeah. based on like the, a lot of the pops and stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, maybe moving into the last film. Actually, before we go into the last film, how about we play a little game here? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Well, before we get into that game, let's take a little break. Uh, maybe hear some music from uh, Chris. 
uh, aka Big Ramsey or just Ramsey? Just Ramsey. Just Ramsey. But I think or it was Big Ramsey. Instagram was Big Ramsey because okay. Ramsey was taken. There you go. So somebody um, stole my name. We'll, we'll hear some music here from Ramsey um, during the break and uh, maybe another artist. Who knows? track was actually an untitled one by our guest this week chris janik aka ramsey up next and to close out the break is highway autopilot by m ferg hope you enjoy the rest of the episode Thank you. 
Uh, moving on to the last film. Uh, we're about an hour and 20 minutes into the show already. Um, we can talk about The Five Bloods for as long as we want. It's going to probably run a little bit late. This show, I'm perfectly fine with that. But um, I think it was really good choice. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. as soon as the movie started, I was like, definitely Spike Lee released this movie at a good time. But also, like, I think he added stuff into that film based on everything that was happening. I, I think. think so, too. I, I I thought, I when I watched it, I'm like, it seemed like certain scenes were perfect. It seemed like certain scenes were like the way that he. It didn't seem like the highest production value on certain scenes, so it seemed like kind of things were added in later. Like for example, the one scene that comes to mind is when um, they're like super pissed off about Martin Luther King being assassinated, and the radio, uh, like people tell them about it, and then like they're like yelling and stuff, and they're super pissed off, and then. Uh, Chadwick Boseman's character like kind of talks them down out of it that felt kind of I don't want to use the word contrived but it did feel like kind of like more of a message to the people that are protesting right Right. now than it was about continuing the plot along well there's one there's yeah I agree and there's one scene I mean mine's more like not mine's not as subtle as yours I think that's a little bit more subtle because it's within the mine's like legitimately even the ones that were like the handing of the check at the end or whatever like right. to different and yeah. they're handing it to like different organizations and yeah. stuff and that looked like legitimately filmed like a week ago yeah. right. you know what i mean like and like the black like, lives matter part. Yeah, yeah right. i was like i mean that's that's great it looked but, like it was like a different camera and oh 100 like, yeah. and i was like what i've seen this like throughout the film there's a little bit like that or and that was just glaring me i was like uh yeah what's yeah going on? no that's very true yeah that's i will true. say that so when andy suggested this movie I every Spike Lee joint that I've seen, I like, but as soon as he suggested that, in my mind, I was like, oh, like something about Spike Lee movies are are so like heavy, mm-hmm. even if they're super entertaining the whole way through. Yeah, it's they're like hard to watch. they're emotionally yeah. investing, and like, you know, I was like, Knives Out is just sort of like you you just sit back and like turn your brain off, kind it's of. It's you know, like it's yeah, pure it's, entertainment. it's pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you're you're going into a Spike Lee joint, it's like okay. I know that like I'm about to see some stuff that's like messed up and yeah. it's going to really make me think. And I like that sometimes. And I think just like, I was like, Oh man, like, I don't know. But as soon as I turned it on, I was like, okay, I'm excited. Oh, I mean, as soon as Marvin Gaye started playing, I was yeah. like, you've got me Spike. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, you, you picked the perfect album. I mean, that album actually, alone, actually, as far as, as far as relevance to current situations, um, Marvin Gaye's what's going on is incredible. Yeah. I mean, Murray's music, a lot of... I mean, my mom was just mentioning Tracy Chapman as well. Another great example oh, of an artist whose music so is just good. very relevant right now. I mean, they're going through a lot of these things back then, but just using that as a soundtrack in the film. Yeah. And, I mean, the power between, behind having Marvin Gaye's um, What's Going On, like that actual song in the acapella version, yeah. was like insane acapella yeah really was, like I, I don't think I've ever heard that acapella before and it like it was incredible yeah. like that was one thing the soundtrack like that hooked me in right away I was fine he was so he's so good at doing that and that yeah. I thought he did the best at this time around I think that was probably the best part of the movie yeah but that being said like it, it was a, it was a very strange format the way it balanced between like between facts and like like there's the part where they're just walking through and out of nowhere, they're dropping like a history fact, right? And you're That's, like, yeah. And I you're like, I don't, I don't know if somebody would be able to remember something that well and be able to recite it like that. Yeah. That felt 
again, a little bit contrived, but again, I understand why he's doing it because it doesn't matter at that point, right? For me, it's not even about the contrivance. It's about the message he's trying to send across. Well, right? he's like educating, right? Exactly. It's right. just education. Yeah. Okay. But, well, sorry, I just wanted to say, like, the one thing I didn't understand about the, the movie, and I just wanted to, like, so when they're going back in time, like, back in time, right? Yeah. Like, when they're going, like, a flashbacks. Yeah. I really did like the film aspect of that. For looked, sure. It looked like the Matrix well kind of idea. Yeah. Uh, but what, were they the same age? Like, yeah. they didn't they didn't change back to their age I, as that, his age. I think they tried to make him look younger. But they like, did. Really? Yeah. I, I, I thought they did it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool idea. Man, but that then, was that was my thing. I was kind of on the fence about that, too. Maybe we'd have to look into Spike Lee's explanation a little yeah. bit more. But it seemed like I was... I was both on both sides. I was like, yeah. either this is genius, yeah. and like they're showing that like they're the age at that point, like there's something more artistic behind that, right. or they just didn't want to find people that were younger roles for those right. people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then and if you say that they were tried to make them look younger, that right then, then I'm like, well, that's silly. Well, they didn't do a good job. They didn't do a yeah. good job at all because yeah. I didn't see that at all. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it makes me think yeah. that maybe it was a chosen decision to put those people in that role. But, again, it kind of took away from the, not the authenticity, but kind of the, the emotional aspect right. in a way. Yeah. Right? You know, it, it kind of made it harder to believe and yeah. and see some of these things when they're, like, flashing back in the same yeah. way. And because, like, the, the, and spoiler alert, the their friend that dies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, he... He it, he just looks so much younger than them. Like he oh, I, yeah, he yeah, genorally yeah, looks yeah. like Norman, an eighteen yeah. to yeah. Norman. He looks like an eighteen to twenty two year For sure. old or whatever. Well, that's that, why they pick Chadwick yeah. Boseman, right? And then yeah. you're like, okay, so if you're gonna give that guy young, maybe that was part of it, though. That's right? what I thought, right? Yeah. That's exactly right. what, I, what my mind and goes maybe, to. But, okay, so I want to come back to something that you were saying, um, where they kind of like jump between like fact and fiction. Yeah. Um, like I think we can safely assume that that story isn't based on a true story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a fake right. story. Okay. Sure. So, it really bothered. I don't me. know, but I would assume. I would. I would assume as well. <laughs> it really bothered me that he was splicing in like le- real footage of like people dying and like, you know what I mean? Like, like actual photos of dead people. Like, there's like the shot, the the scene, the really famous footage yeah. of the guy getting shot in the head. Oh, in, in uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and. I, for for one, I find that video so extremely disturbing. Like, yeah. I don't think it needs to be in. And also, like, if you're trying to set the scene of, like, how, like, violent of a time this was, but you're creating a fictional story, you should go all the way. Right. I feel like you should you recreate the... Both. Yeah, recreate yeah. the... Like, re, recreate that, like, violence and scary scenario. But don't use real footage to, to create drama in your fictions yeah which he kind of did right like he tried to do the whole like i mean there was a few times where like the guy stepped on the landmine or the the people get like the dude at the end gets like shot and spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) gets shot a bunch in the chest and dies that stuff was like violent and like violent but like also like oh my gosh it's entertaining and it's not like over the edge of like disturbing well it's almost it's borderline tarantino-esque right it is 100 as i was watching the film and i was watching those moments (laughs) i was like it seems like exactly right and i was like (laughs) it seems like spike lee's trying to show tarantino how you can do this but also but also i will say it felt so canned right it felt felt like and that was one of the things i was noticing as i was watching the film i'll say the second half of the film when they enter the jungle and they Mm -hmm. start going for the gold 
from that point on, the flow was very nice and it was very fluid. It felt very good. Like all the story kind of tracked along as it went. You could kind of see what was going to happen, but also not know what was going to happen. But before that, it seemed like they were just jumping and cutting around so that they could build characters, build up story, build up whatever they needed to up until that point. And it just didn't feel like the right way to develop that story right. for those characters. Right. Bouncing back between the past, bouncing into the future, cutting over to T, uh, Otis, going over to Tien, like his Vietnamese, um, I guess, girlfriend who has right. a, has his daughter. Yeah, there was like an and, hour of that. Well, there's just like this whole thing that there's all these side things and you're like, right. yeah. I understand, like it's supposed to show that they have their impact when they were there and they're like, they're very emotionally connected to these places as well. Mm-hmm. But again, it just said, seemed like they were just cutting and jumping around. So quick, like his son coming in, right. That just came out of nowhere. And you're like, okay, maybe that's kind of realistic in a way. If you're following this character, this person just jumps into the storyline. But at the same time, you're like, this doesn't really feel like, like this is just him throwing in another storyline. Right. You know, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, I don't want to say that I, I, it seems like we're saying like it was a bad film or anything. I think it was a very entertaining film. Mm-hmm. I think well, it was the really was great too. I think the acting was great. Yeah. I think there was a lot of mo- points to that film that are very good. It's just when I think about that film, I tend to lean towards some of the negative side of things. Well, I, and I think that's, there's a few reasons Maybe that's for because that. I, I rate Spike Lee a little bit higher. Well, I think that, yeah. So first of all. See, so I don't you, really. I don't know. I, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, for I sure. Think, I think there's this kind of perception he's a little bit overrated as well. Yeah, I think they But I, that's, see, yeah, that's very opinionist to be yeah, yeah, I don't really know, uh, and I don't really care about other people's opinions. When I saw Do the Right Thing, I sort of thought, like, this is, like, sort of, like, a perfect film. Right. And this is really somebody who cares about, like, cinematography. Yeah. yeah. This isn't just, like, entertainment at this point. Right. This is, like, political commentary. This is this, that, that. And, like, I really, like, when I watch a Spike Lee joint, it's, like... This I'm expecting everything to be well thought out and like yeah. planned. So when when we go to like critique the movie, we're critiquing it from the perspective of like we're we're not just dealing with some amateur or like whatever. Right. It's Spike Lee. Right. So if if there's something that feels out of place and needs to be talked about, right. Uh, it's not just like you know, some some. Yeah, well, and that's why I like he brings in that perspective of like I don't know maybe like his lifestyle right and into whatever film even in this film right like. The whole, like, PTSD, like, talk, mm-hmm. right? And, like, the one character, the main character, basically, he suffers from that, clearly. Yeah. And, like, that's usually on the perspective of, like, I don't know. Like, you rarely see it on the perspective of, like, somebody like him, right? Well, I think it's it's very smart. I think that was mm-hmm. probably one of the parts of the film that I was, like, very kind of touched by, especially. I was, like... This seems like more than anything else that Spike Lee was trying to send in the message in the film. This seems like the most important thing to him. Yeah. These moments where Paul is walking through the jungle, yeah. speaking to himself. Yeah. All these moments where he kind of snaps out of control. Yeah. All his mentality, the, the decisions he makes. All of these, I think, are what Spike Lee was trying to get across as far as the characters are concerned. Right. And and showing that like it damages people on different levels. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, see, he, you, you so you know how I was saying like the the dialogue is something that I really like yeah. found like to be forefront in all three movies. Um, it's I love that you brought that up because in Donnie Darko when they're sitting at the dinner table it felt very genuine like like banterous like not like smooth and yeah you know like polished. 
Whereas when uh, that character's walking through the jungle talking to himself, yeah. it felt very polished. Right. And I was like, this is the only time I can imagine where like dialogue should be this polished. But because it, but it felt polished, but at the same time he's repeating himself. Well that's right? the thing. Like, yeah. Is is uh well done. Yeah. Well, it's it's not something that he's saying for the first time. No. You know that this is like yeah. something he's been repeating to himself yeah. for years and years and years. So like, yeah, he's not stuttering on his words. He's yeah. not like thinking of what to say next. It's 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 almost like scripted because yeah, this is like trauma coming out and this isn't his like first rodeo so to speak you know it's like it's like he's snapped and it's like even like it's mentioned earlier in the film that like his son is like my dad talks to himself all the time or whatever and it's like yeah Yeah. and i I just loved that that character broke off on his own for a bit because that's when you can really see the damage yes you know yeah Yeah. i think that was it that was a very that was the that was the breaking point though right when they get into that moment when they're getting ambushed and they like break into the fight, the gunfight, and Wait, he right snaps. At the end? Uh, not the, not oh, the end. before that. Before yeah, that. Okay, before yeah, so he breaks an off. Gunfight yeah, too. No, yeah. <laughs> before he breaks off, um, he and he starts like snapping, and you can kind of see in the character, right? Like he's like mm-hmm. he walks up, and the, the most defining moment to me is when he walks up to the the chubbier white guy, who's like the, right. the part of the landmine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walks up and just slaps him on the face with like a piece of paper. Yeah. And he's like, straighten up. Yeah, straighten yeah. up. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, this is clearly like, this is what happens in these people's minds. They, And it just happen. It doesn't just happen when they're getting shot at or they're yeah. shooting. Right. It happens all the time. And I think that was a great depiction of that. I think he did a really good job of acting as somebody who regrets the way that they act. For right. sure. Almost right away. For sure. Like he, he like snaps on his son and you could tell as he's doing it mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to be doing that. Yeah. But it's, he's just like so mentally damaged and disturbed that like he's just turns into this aggressive person and the second he walks away he's like it's like regret but he's like too stubborn to like go back on it definitely and i just think that that was so like genuine that'd be a hard character to get into oh Oh, man incredible so hard so i kind of find it funny that like the the most mentally disturbed and damaged person was the trump supporter yes it's like it's like spike's way of being like this is how you become a trump but again (laughs) that that was all that stuff though right is like just seems like they're pushing it too much you're forcing it too much, right right? and and this is my thing with like with a lot of these films i'm seeing nowadays it, it always seems like they're trying to push this message behind things and it's like i think just let it happen naturally you know, like, I, they, I will say this film did a pretty good job. The Five Bloods did a pretty good job of showing the natural side of how war can affect people. Right. But again, like you, like we've been talking about, there's certain moments where you're just like, if you clean this up a bit or kind of found a different way of doing this, it might have made it a little bit more fluid, a little bit more, a little bit better. But also, I think that's what happens. I, I mean, not what happens, but that's the kind of freedom you have when you're somebody like Spike Lee, right? You have that opportunity where you can put out a movie and you can put out little, you can put out a Martin Luther King segment at the end of it. You can put in Muhammad Ali speech at the beginning. You can throw a Malcolm X segment right in the middle of it. You can do all these kind of things because when people are watching that movie, they know what they're going to be watching, right? When we all started, like you said, right? When we, we knew it was going to be heavy. But we also knew that there was going to be that kind of side of, side to it, and it kind of I think he did a great job of portraying that. You know, I think it's tough to do. It's tough to be able to do that. Yeah. But he did a pretty good job. I think what he did good, or 
what I also you did well, I thought was that the fact that it was kind of the first time we ever see this kind of almost new medium in a sense, like his last film, Black Klansman, was mm -hmm. a story. Yeah. This one was a story, but also there was like documentary yeah. kind of thrown into it. That's what I mean. Right. Right. It's like a weird artistic yeah. style that he yeah. kind of introduced. I don't think it's unique. I think there's probably examples that we right. don't know about. Well, it's unique to that story. But right? yeah, unique exactly. To that idea. Right. It, it, for that, for that story, that concept and that topic. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was the most important thing I think for us. I guess that sort of comes back to what I was complaining about earlier. Mm -hmm. And now maybe I'm like taking back my words, but like, no, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily something to complain about. I think it's like we said, it's, Something that's important to talk about. Right. And it's important for them, for him to put that message in. Right. I well, just for, think for that community too. I'm sure they're like, we're, exactly. we're looking at a perspective that we wouldn't understand half of what we're. None you know of what I mean? none right. of us are from the perspective where we can really appreciate those kind of Maybe. things. Right. And that and that those things being brought to awareness to forefront. Okay. Right. So I've, I mean personally, I've heard that Ali speech. I've heard that Malcolm X speech. I've heard the Martin Luther King speech. I've mm. for I've watched documentaries based on the topic and stuff like that. So I'm versed in the topic. But for people who don't have that kind of awareness of that issue, and especially in a time right now when you're trying to watch things that bring up that awareness, that's a good way to do it because you're doing yeah. a story and you're also providing those facts in there as well. Right. It's educating. Yeah. yeah. So um, what was the thing that you wanted to draw between all three of those films? Maybe we, we got to close out the show pretty soon here. So. Yeah. I, think was, for... I mean, you mentioned it before a little bit, but. Yeah. For me, it was just like, uh the di the dialogue was like the driver of both all three movies i right. thought um which donnie darko as a sci-fi thrill like psychological right. thriller or something doesn't like that genre doesn't necessarily need dialogue to drive it like you can look at like interstellar right. or something like that i don't know that's also you just need like the science but, to check yeah out. you need the science <laughs> to check out or or like in donnie darko's case to not check out like yeah. create some sort of mystery um but uh, same with like a murder mystery like yeah. I don't think that that's necessary um, and then I don't know the war movie definitely not necessary For sure. but like uh, I just thought that that was like and maybe it's a stretch but I felt like those were very like forefront in all three movies and I just found that interesting but I think you're right Yeah, I, I can agree with that I, I, I also would say maybe it's like they're so similar in the sense that they're all character stories Yeah, right like the time like each story really doesn't matter it's the characters within these yes. stories it's their that, decisions right. and their their moves and yeah. yeah i think you're completely right i think uh, and going and i think the one thing that i noticed is the stories themselves are they're not similar they're very different stories totally different. i mean one's a sci-fi one's a murder mystery one's a war movie but or a historical war movie i guess we could call yeah. it but the stories themselves were kind of similar right they're all kind of looking for something there's always a character in there probably the main character that's looking for something mm -hmm. right and they're all trying to find something in this end in the end and at, in every film you don't know what's going to happen right i mean donnie darko you still don't even know what happens yeah. Yeah. right yeah. knives out <laughs> knives out you know what happened but you don't know what happened until everything's explained to you right everything's shown and drawn out to you to five bloods you don't know what's going to happen you really don't. I mean, like, as things are going and they end up, spoiler alert, as they end up at the temple, you're like, anything could happen at this point. But also, like, what's it called? Um, the, the French character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I had no idea he was involved. Right. I, I just, like, I completely forgot about him. Yeah. And I was like, 
no, I, I literally just thought that the, the ambush, the Vietnamese people that are ambushing him, literally just found them screaming for gold. Exactly. Because as they were screaming for gold, I was like, wouldn't somebody hear them? Or like... <laughs> Somebody be able to like know if somebody was nearby when they be hey, like, "What's that over there?" Yeah, <laughs> what, what, are these people, what are these people doing waving yeah, gold yeah, bars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like in all the stories, they all kind of had this search for something and like trying to figure out what was happening in the end, and you never knew what was going to happen. And again, going back to the dialogue and the characters, they did a great job of being able to keep that mystery in there. You know, they're all kind of had a mysterious air to them. Yeah. Um, anything you guys want to talk about before we close out the show? No, I think it was it was great choices. I, yeah. I liked all three. I, I liked all three a lot different, but I I did enjoy watching all of them. Hopefully, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah. maybe pick it. some movies that are a little bit more similar and try yeah. to get some. Yeah, like maybe one genre in depth in depth into one topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or maybe we can uh, just choose like one like Reddit suggestion movie. Yeah, and just like really get into the weeds or something. Yeah, no, you yeah. could get. I mean, honestly. If we did Donnie Darko, that would be a good movie for that. Yeah, you know, like if that's the type of movie. Honestly, all of these movies, I think we probably could have talked about for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's good that we like try to each get a movie in there. And, like, Maybe really quickly. Right. Yeah. How do you guys feel about them using that footage of the guy getting shot in the head? I don't like it. I was gonna say I didn't like that at all. I yeah. thought that was a difference between violence and, and like there's like like you said Tarantino violence where mm-hmm. it's like you know this is fake Hollywood like. Right glam but then there's that stuff where it's like yeah. real stuff i i don't that's i can, I can watch that? the most disturbing horror movie right but when Me i'm too. going into it i'm going into it with the like idea that i'm gonna be watching a movie and, and i understand fake. that what i'm watching is fake and like I'm, I'm prepared to see some like special effects. yeah i mean that's the type of stuff that i mean i've only really seen something like that in like true crime documentaries right you know i mean i, I think of one evil genius I don't know if you guys have seen that about the pizza robber or pizza no. bank heist or whatever. It's it's this crazy story about these people that locked a, a collar bomb right. on a guy around the guy's oh, neck and sent him into a van to rob and then send him on this wild goose chase to try to get the keys to take it out. Yeah. Anyways, this huge thing. And I remember watching that and it was one of the first crew crime docs I watched and they show him essentially the bomb going off. Right. And you're sitting there watching this and you're like, Oh my goodness. But they do it at like the end of the episode. Right. Right. They, they go through the episode pretty much and they like show up until the point and then they cut away and then they show you what happens and you're just like, whoa, you're blown away. Right. Yeah. And you're just kind of, you, you can't really comprehend what you just saw. Right. And I was not expecting that at the beginning of that film. No. And it, I think that's maybe why he did it to try to get people into that mind state where they're like, whoa, like what I'm going to see is like very like yeah. abrupt, very right. real, very like, what you're seeing is fictional, but it happened. Yeah, right? like, but but that being said, you get into the film and there's this weird lighthearted nature in the dialogue and everything. The music, like, the music again, <laughs> the music. I mean, but that's the thing about Marvin Gaye, is, right? It's like that seemed like that that what he wanted to do. Yeah, right. Is have that kind of music that's like, mm-hmm. it's got a happy tone to it, but it's still the message behind it. Yeah. yeah. Right, and I think that was the most the tone he was trying to get across with the right. film. Yeah, and uh, for me, like when you you see that like brutal execution, yeah, it really cheapened the actual like death scenes in the movie. Like when the guy gets like hit yeah. by the mine, it's like startling at first, but then I couldn't help but like think of like Tropic Thunder. You know where his like his like his arm is like spaghetti and well, he's like trying he was... to cry, dude. That I could not stop thinking about. Well, that. the way he was sprayed up on the floor looked yeah. so silly. I was like, what? Yeah, and like if that was a real 
video, it'd be so no, grossly yeah. disturbing. Yeah. But it wasn't. No. And I just felt like because he put actual yeah. executions yeah. in the beginning, and then you see like the like you know the like yeah, pick a subject. You're either doing a documentary <laughs> or you're doing a drama. Yeah, it, it uh, no, it was it was, it was it was definitely like the way he wanted to set the tone. I just mm-hmm. think, I mean, it might have had more impact at the end of the film. Right. Yeah. You know, that's one of the decisions I think. Like, you push it at the end. Yeah. Maybe right. it'll. Maybe or it'll. He should have mirrored it. There should have been a scene in the movie where, like, the same sort of yeah. angle. Yeah. And but you would be taking away from it if that's. But what you're again, if you're doing the whole historical thing, putting facts into it, that's right. the type of thing yeah. you want. Yeah. yeah. Right. I understand why he put it in. I just don't know how I feel about when he did it, right. as opposed to like combined with the tone of the right. actual. Yeah. Film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also the fact that it kind of, it doesn't end happy, but it kind of does. Yeah. Right? Like they, they do, a, lot, a few of them get away with the gold, so. Right. And I mean, they could have got away uninjured if they just decided to like forfeit, you know. But it, right. they could have just given up the gold and everyone would have been I think they fine. knew they were going to get shot regardless, though. Maybe. I, mean, I don't That's know. what they want you to believe. Yeah. Like they'll be like, give us the gold, get away. But yeah. I don't know if that would ever happen. I mean, I don't see why they would kill them if... They got all the gold. They got like millions really? and millions and millions. Because they're, I mean, because they're expats and stuff like that. But I don't know. I really don't know. Like, <laughs> I think I don't think that was part. I, that wasn't really as big of a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more so just like trying to show the characters like how they treat and how they react in those right. situations. Yeah. Um. Anyways, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Combos with Cobble. Make sure you tune in uh, next week for a new guest and new topics. Thank you.